welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Welcome. My name is uh, Steve, and I'm a recovering sexaholic. Um, my co-leader is Michael. And the topic that we are sharing on is same-sex attraction from uh, envy to gratitude. Please turn off any electronics, and please do not record any of this session. In the spirit of the fifth tradition to carry the message, this session is recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during this session. If you do not want to be recorded but need to share, we encourage you to attend another non-recorded meeting. Please do not touch the recording equipment. If you want to share, come up to the front and sit next to us on the left to use a microphone. Please leave the microphone on the table and don't touch it because it makes noise on the recording. Thank you. Let's begin with a moment of silence for all those still suffering or unable to attend a meeting, followed by the serenity prayer. Prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Okay, again, our topic is same-sex attraction from envy to gratitude. Uh, We will each share for five or six minutes about how this topic applies in our lives, and then we will open up the meeting for all of you to share You will each have two minutes to share, and um, I will be the timekeeper. So uh, I'll begin sharing, and then I'll pass the microphone to Michael. Um, So just a little bit about myself. Um, I've had um, some form of same-sex attraction for as long as I can remember. Um, And uh, it has always been... um, so intertwined with fear and confusion for me. And um, when I realized that um, most, if not all, my same-sex attraction is really lust, it came as a relief. And um, things have been so different once I had that realization and got into the program and started working, uh, the program in recovering. Um, I can really relate um, to this topic because I... um, realized that um, sometime back that so much of my same-sex attraction is envy. Um, and uh, I I kind of know when this started. Um, I think early on as a kid, um, pretty young, I had what I realize now is probably normal curiosity and intrigue about um, other boys and men and their bodies. Um, but when I was in the uh, seventh grade... Um, so I was 11 or 12. Um, I was required to, uh, you know, go to PE class for the first time and to, you know, put on uh, gym shorts and then take a shower afterwards. And 
So for the first time, um, I only had sisters. Um, I uh, saw other boys my age or maybe a little older, and um, I, at that point, had not really gone through puberty, and um, so I was not physically mature at all, and um, I was just blown away. I mean, I, I had no idea that um, there were boys my age that looked like that, and um, I felt very different. Um, I felt inadequate. I felt less than, and um, I did. I mean, I just didn't feel like I had what it took, and that actually um, sort of came on the heels of being told similar things as I was younger and growing up. And so um, I was sort of setting the, or I was the set, the stage was being set for me to develop this this um, problem that I ended up having. And so I told myself, you know, I don't have what these guys have. And then even as I went through puberty and I basically did have what they had, um, I wasn't really able to see it in myself. And um, so that began this um, pattern of curiosity, intrigue, looking, wondering, um, you know, uh, comparing and uh, not seeing myself in a true light at all. And so a lot of lies that I told myself that went along with all that. Um, and as I already mentioned, just a ton of fear, a lot of fear, a lot of confusion. I kept all these uh, thoughts inside. I didn't tell anybody. Um, and uh, around that time, um, I was exposed to porn uh, for the first time. And then I began masturbating to the porn and um, not surprisingly, I began seeking out porn that had um, couples and men, and I would focus on the men and the porn and masturbate to that. And so that's really what you know got the whole um, same-sex lust route um, going for me. And then um, I won't bore you in a sense with the rest of the problem, uh, my problem, which developed into a full-blown addiction um, to uh, pornography and masturbation. And, um, you know, took on various aspects. Um, and that's what led me, um, to SSA, I mean, to SA. And, um, uh, basically the addiction went on for 25 years, really unabated. And so it's taken me a long time to get sober and, um, stay sober. So moving on to, um, the solution, um, I learned early on in recovery that gratitude is critical, um, to my recovery. And, uh, one of my first sponsors, uh, asked me to write down five things a day I was grateful for and to do that for 100 days and to not repeat any of them. And so by the end of the time, I had 500 uh, things for which I was grateful. And um, I, I never thought that was possible because I never really felt like I had anything that I was really grateful for. And um, that really helped me focus more on gratitude and develop more of an attitude of gratitude um, early on in recovery. So... Um, I continued not doing uh, five things every day, but I try to write down at least one thing for which I'm grateful each day, and uh, I've been doing that for some years now. And um, over the years, I've been able to see that so many things I have that God has given me, I'm grateful for, um, including uh, my wife, my kids, family, friends, the program, my sponsors, um, etc. And um, I uh, am genuinely grateful for those things. And um, the, the one area, though, that that is um, I have trouble is the the thing that has led me to um, have more envy than anything else, and that is my you know own personal shame of who I am and my the way I'm made. 
And that's the one area that I have yet to really develop a lot of gratitude for. Um, my sponsor works on that with me and um, helps me try to see myself in a true light. But um, just in all honesty, that's still a struggle for me. Um, but I uh, have made progress, and I am moving in that direction. Um, so uh, to, to wrap things up, um, I uh, am so grateful that I had um, this uh, experience of, of seeing what envy was, how it contributed to my lust, and then seeing how being grateful, even for what I have in myself, will really directly combat that, combat that en- envy that I, that I have. And uh, that's that's all I got. Thanks. My name is Michael. I'm a recovering sexaholic. Hey, Michael. I also have same sex attraction. I've been sober since February twentieth, two thousand nine. When I experience envy within the context of my same-sex attraction, I feel like I'm being deprived of something that I want. I feel incomplete, inadequate, like something, like I'm missing out. It's like I'm inferior to that other person. He's superior, and I'm inferior. I want what he has. It's very black and white. It's also very one-dimensional. So opposites attract, right? We've, we've heard that. Protons and neutrons, uh, positive, negative, introvert and extrovert, male and female. Well, maybe not always. For me, I'm male, and I'm attracted to other males. So maybe that old axiom is wrong. Or, you know, males and males are not opposite, right? Well, no, that's not correct either. You see, the men that I'm attracted to are typically the opposite of me. The characteristics that attract me... Uh, brooding, powerful, uninhibited, maybe dangerous men, those characters are significantly different from my own characteristics. There's a part of me that wants to be that way. And it resents that I'm not. Uh, It might sound like I don't like my characteristics. Well, that's not really true either. Uh, actually, I do like most of my characteristics. Yeah, I would like hair on top. <clears throat> uh, and I do have shortcomings, as the gentleman to my right can attest. But I am working on those shortcomings, and working the steps continues to be nothing less than transformative for me. The serenity prayer has come in very handy here for me, too. God, grant me the serenity to accept the characteristics I can't change, like being bald, and the courage to change the things I can, like living in envy and resentment. 
So how do I, with God's help, change things like living in envy and resentment? Well, it begins, it helps me to admit that to God and to surrender that to Him. When I do this, I experience freedom and peace. When I don't surrender the envy, then I move into obsession. Then I move into more envy and more feelings of inadequacy. When I'm in the envy mode, I'm living in the the problem, my character defect with envy, instead of working on the solution. So, without his help, I'm powerless over lust, and my life is totally unmanageable. That's step one, right? Well, as I've worked to apply the steps in all areas of my affairs, I've learned that working the steps surrounding my character defect and envy has also been very helpful. Another thing that has been very helpful is to not take the perspective that my current problems and difficulties are same-sex attraction issues. I've learned in SA that my core problems and difficulties are similar to those of other men. They might look different, but they really aren't. So I choose to not tie myself to the past. My past is gone. My life can be different in this moment. And I'm grateful for this understanding that I get from the program. Now, uh, one last thing for me. I found it helpful to be purposeful about choosing to reject the body and the personality that God has made, has given me. Um, and instead to replace that tendency to reject with acceptance and gratitude for what he has created in me, to recognize that and accept that. This is a choice for me to make. I have to purposefully choose to appreciate who I am and who I am becoming with God's help. My old negative mindset was characterized by a deep sense of overwhelming inadequacies and imperfections. And that deep sense came from accepting and dwelling on those false perceptions. With the encouragement of my sponsor in the early years of my sobriety, and with the ongoing help of this program, I am working to be purposeful in identifying with gratitude those aspects about me that are positive and affirming and nurturing. nurturing. So I leave you with this. If you struggle with envy and resentment, maintain a daily gratitude journal to document your appreciation for the positive, nurturing, affirming aspects of yourself. Uh, You will now have the opportunity to share 
with the group. Please focus on the topic of the meeting, which is um, from envy to gratitude. Like sharing in any essay meeting, please limit your sharing to the topic. Avoid explicit description or distracting comments and focus on the solution rather than the problem. Please do not share anything that legally would be reported, have to be reported to the authorities. Please line up uh, to our uh, left here so that we don't ha- that we don't have to wait on each person to come up and speak loudly enough for all to hear. You each will have two minutes to share. I'll open the mic to all of you. Steve S.A., San Diego, January 07. I'm going to say 10 years ago. I was at a conference, I think it was in Baltimore, and I've dealt with this issue all my life, didn't know what it was about, and it was at a fetish breakout session. And this gal had been talking, and all of a sudden, this epiphany in me, this overwhelming emotion hit me. And I had a sponsee, and I told him what was going on. I said, we'll talk after this meeting. And he turned around to tell somebody else, and he said, then he turned and looked like you levitated. You just stood up, and I said, I have a fetish. I have a penis fetish. I'm not attracted to men per se. When I was a kid, uh, my father, my older brother, six years older, seven years, eight-year cousins, coaches, YMCA camp counselors, always commented on the small size and very derogatory names. And so I began to notice that a man was somebody that was... Whatever. And so I went through life always checking out crotches. Pardon that, but that's what I did. And I envied the package. And I, oh my God, that's what a man should look like. And when I look at porno, I only look at one, I don't look at the couple. I'm just focused. And it was at Baltimore that that thing hit me. And I said, oh my God, that's the problem. I wish I had that. Then I would be a man. I became a combat pilot and all that. None of that fixed me. And and then I started openly talking about it and putting it to rest and even talking with my wife about it and really being honest and brutal about that. And about a year ago, I got involved in a retreat that did some meditation. And this meditation says, have you become the object or can you just be aware of the object? In other words, if I get angry at that person, do I become the angry person? Do I just say, well, I'm, I'm angry? Do I become that genital part, or can I just say, wow, isn't that interesting? I happen to be smaller than other people without then getting into, oh, my God, there's something wrong with me, getting to become the object. It really was helpful to do that kind of thing. And the other thing I'll end up with was to understand that this one tape said, my penis was created for two functions, two functions only, urination and procreation, and it's done both of those just fine, thank you. It was not created for anything else, to be admired, to be lusted, and when I heard that just about a month ago, I went, holy crap. So those are my answers to realize those two things. Thank you. Hi, uh, Herman Sexaholic. Um, I'm still processing this stuff, so I might be all over the place. Um, you know, I, I, I was never into the uh, same-sex attraction for the body parts. I, I really was looking for an emotional connection with another man. Um, and because 
come to find out because my father was a raging alcoholic and I really was looking to get what my father never gave me. Um, and so that's really what I was looking for. And, you know, uh, and I was really shameful about it. I became an alcoholic over it, workaholic, then alcoholic, and now sexaholic. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I didn't realize how I was, I hated this part of myself so much. And, um, and it wasn't until my sponsors kept making me talk about it all the time, you know? It's like, just the subject made me uncomfortable, let alone the details of my fantasies, you know? Um, that was just, that hurt. But they made me do it. And, and I held nothing back. I shared every fantasy I've ever had with them. And the reason why is because that takes, well, the reason why is because I'm, I'm, I'm letting them into me. I'm, let, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing them to, to look into my soul and to say, you are okay. You know, to look into my soul and say, you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You know, you're enough. You're more than enough. You know, um, you're loved, you know, and I never believed I was worthy enough or lovable. Uh, because of the secrets that I kept. And it took years. It took at least three years for, of me sharing that with my sponsors. And finally I learned, um, no, finally I, I, re- I internalized their love. And when I was able to love myself, or when I was able to accept the love they had for me, and then in turn when I was able to love myself, that's when um, the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body uh, went away. Thanks, I'm Nick, a sexaholic. Uh, grateful to be here. Grateful for this topic, and thank you guys for leading it. I appreciate that. Um, I think for me, the journey of same-sex attraction. Uh, for me, I've never had uh, physical or sexual attraction towards a woman. There's nothing, or, and and or very very little that actually draws me to want to interact with a woman, let alone be in a relationship with a woman. Uh, but for some reason, uh, men for me has always been, there's this some longing to make a connection with uh, another man, especially if they're attractive, of course. Uh, and I remember that from my earliest memory, probably four or five. I remember having this, I guess, a romantic fantasy. I didn't know what that was at the time, but of saving this friend in my class. And it was, uh, yeah. So, so, so I've been trying to grapple, I think that's the right word, with the, the difference between attraction and lust um, and trying to the, the moving from envy to gratitude. So what's the gratitude piece of the way God made me? Um, God doesn't make mistakes. And so what these attributes that I have, how does he want to use them to best serve others? Um, and so it's, it's been me trying to uh, grapple between the idea of attraction versus lust um, if that makes sense. And, uh, and I, the kind of definition I came up with was attraction draws me into another person and sees them as a person and lust draws me into a fantasy version of that person. And it's not real and it's destructive, obviously. Um, and so, and I think the challenge for me is, is those two worlds have gotten meshed and I, and I can't, uh, it's really hard for me to draw a line. So, um, so meanwhile, I'm practicing a program, um, uh, 
admitting powerlessness over my lust and, uh, and just asking my higher power for ways to, uh, get those needs, whatever they are (laughs) met in a healthy way. Um, and obviously I'm still working all these thoughts out and it's, uh, it's a long process moving, uh, into acceptance for me with this, uh, attraction. So thanks. Hi everyone. I'm Salvador and I'm a sexaholic. Yeah, I've been, I think I've been ashamed of being a man for most of my life. I never felt, felt, com- felt comfortable with being a man. Uh, I remember I never wanted to be a woman, but I never wanted to be a man. I feel like men for me have always been so basic, so rudimentary, you know, so smelly sometimes, or just not like, not what I wanted. And, and so I've always been on, on, on limbo, I feel, because I don't want to be this, but I don't want to be this, so I'm here, and, and I don't want to move from here, and I don't know what to do. And, um, and because of that, I mean, I, I've been, I have sex and subtraction, and I realize that a lot of times when I'm lusting after a man, it's, it's because I envy them. I mean, I, I, never be, I never feel comfortable with my body, so a lot of times when I'm looking at someone, I feel like, I want that. I want to be that person. I want to have that confidence. I want to have that chest or whatever. And, and that's what I'm looking for. Um, at the end of the day, I'm also a sexaholic, right? So that's why my mind goes towards sex. But a lot of times it's just envy that I want to, like I said, have that confidence or, or that body or whatever. Um, right now I'm on this point where I'm, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful that I am a sexaholic. And I'm grateful that I have sex, same sex attraction because I've seen the positive of it, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet where I can say that I'm grateful that I'm a man or that I'm grateful for masculinity. Because, like I said, I don't feel completely comfortable there. And um, yeah, that's all I have. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Alan. I'm Tracy, and I'm a sexaholic. And um, I appreciate this topic, and I appreciate y'all shares. And my mind just raced a few weeks ago when I, I pulled up the the menu of the topics, and I loved the from envy to gratitude because that that's um, a basis of a lot of my um, same sex attraction. I um, never bonded with males in my formative years. My parents divorced when I was a year old. My stepfather. Um, was busy pleasing my mother. I had teenage brothers when I was born, so they were busy trying to get out of the crazy house. And so I just never bonded with males when I was younger. So because of that absence in my life, I developed same-sex attraction. And I, when I identify that, in the, I've identified it at every meeting I attend at our local SA meetings because I, I need to remind myself. But I identify it as a same-sex attraction disorder because, for me, it is a disorder. Um, I don't believe it up here. My faith tradition doesn't believe it. I don't agree with it. Um, I do consider it to be a sin for two males to lie together. And I'm not trying to cause any controversy. This is what Tracy believes, and I have the perfect right to believe it. But my heart wants it. So it doesn't agree with everything else, and so that's why it's a disorder for me. Um, but identifying it and being comfortable with it, I'm actually comfortable with it because I understand what the source was. And so instead of sexualizing relationships with males now, since I've been in recovery, I 
have developed healthy relationships purposely with males. And the program has helped me do that so much. And I'm very grateful for that. And I'm grateful for, for recovery. And I'm grateful for the insight into myself. Thanks. Hi. <laughs> Todd, sexaholic from San Diego. Very uncomfortable sitting up here and sharing on the subject, um, but I knew I had to do it <laughs> and need to get the insides out. Um, Tracy, thank you for sharing on this from minute one. And thank you behind you for sharing on this from minute one also. Um, I, I knew coming here uh, to this retreat, something was going to happen. And, and this is, I've talked with somebody that I do daily sobriety renewals with every day. And this is maybe 10, 15% of my life, but God wants that I'm keeping from God, that I'm hiding, but God wants all of me. And, you know, the, the thing that I fear the most, I need to face the most. And, uh, from envy to, uh, remind me, sorry, gratitude. to gratitude. Um, I, we were talking about this subject up in our hotel room earlier. Like we, I didn't get it. A few of us didn't get it, but it makes sense to me now. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I grew the beard. I grew the hair out, you know, envy that typical alpha male is what I envy. And, uh, I, don't feel I have it. I've been a rescue swimmer in my past and, but I didn't achieve the pinnacle. I didn't become this. I didn't become that. And that's what I can point at as being the man that I want to be. And God, he has a nice body and he's got it all together and he's getting all the chicks. And I just, that was never me. That was never me. Um, so, yeah, it turned to same-sex attraction, really. Um, and your gratitude list. I end our sobriety renewal with gratitude, something to be grateful for every day. And uh, it's, uh, you know, that, that gratitude list for what I have now today um, is getting longer and longer. And I always have that mentality of connect with me and make me whole. Um, you know, so especially the alpha male, connect with me and make me whole. Well, something my therapist said the other day is alpha males are oftentimes lonely. They lead the pack. They're not part of the pack. So, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where I was going there, but uh, I just knew I needed to get up here and share. Thank you guys for being vulnerable. Thanks. I'm Kent. I'm a grateful recovered sexaholic. Sobriety date of October 10th, 2011. And I knew when I was born, well, no, I didn't know when I was born, but (laughs) I knew young, real young, that I really liked the vision of myself in a mirror. And, you know, I I was hooked from the age of eight. And uh, I played with all the boys in the neighborhood, I played with guys throughout school. And when they started pairing off with girls, I was miffed. 
you know, because I was losing some of my playmates. And um, oddly enough, I found others. And that's what I've done all of my life. I'm a predator. I, I find people, whether they know it or not. And, uh, you know, one of the th- gifts of recovery has been that I, um, I accept who I am. <clears throat> I was angry at myself when I got into recovery because I was married. And why in the world did I marry this woman? 31 years later, why was I married? Why was I married? I should have been out there in a gay lifestyle. That's who I am. I'm a gay man. And what I learned was just to love me for who I am, just who I am. And what I learned through all of that, uh, moving to gratitude, is a simple fact that God loves me as I am. God made me this way. And there's a gift here. And I can love me, and I can love my wife, and she can love me, and, and we can love each other, and we can love other people in recovery. And in recovery, I found that I can connect with men in a wholesome and loving fashion and be supportive. And some of the beautiful objects of my desire that I used to absorb into myself, I like that, that concept, you know, giving versus taking in, that I used to take them in. Now they become people who actually um, I can seek advice from or seek uh, direction from. And there are people who ask me for direction. And it's not a sexual thing anymore. It's, it's transcended sex. It's transcended sexuality. And there's a spiritualness that I can offer I've had people come to me and say, you know, there's a, there's a peace within you that isn't within other people. And that's something that we can offer if we recover, is that we have the ability to connect. And uh, that's kind of what I wanted to share. Thanks. Hey, my name is Joe. And I've been sober for two years, May 10th, 2016. And my same-sex attraction started when I was... A teenager, I kind of had an eye out for guys older than me and stuff, and I felt that I needed to have that connection with them because I never received it from my father, who was an alcoholic, and um, I always wanted the older guy type of figure. I figured if I can get something from them, I would be able to 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 be the man I needed to be and stuff like that. But as I was going out through life and stuff, I kind of wanted always to seek the older person in my life, someone that would satisfy the void that I had in my life and something that um, had to do with uh, something I was missing all along. So um, I was envious of what they had and what I didn't have. You know, I seen other friends uh, going up to dad and playing and stuff like that, where I was just basically seeking my own um, identity, I think, and stuff. And um, what happened was I started acting out with a lot of different guys and um, got married and figured that would fix it and stuff like that. But in reality, uh, it got even worse as it progressed into a more of addictive nature. So what brought me to SA two years ago was being found out about, you know, my identity and stuff and, um, and long talks with my wife and stuff, uh, working through recovery with her and um, um, me honestly telling her that I'm, I have an attraction towards guys and her understanding that. 
but not really accepting it in a way, but she's working with me through those processes because uh, in order to stay in a marriage for me, I need to work with her and she is working with me through that. Um, so it's caused a lot of, um, I would, I would say now in my recovery, um, after two years, I'm learning to surrender to thought when it comes in, surrender that lustful look. Um, I'm looking the other way or, um, I have to admit that I do have a problem like that, but the solution for me is that what am I going to do with it? Am I going to act upon it or am I going to uh, do one of the tools of the program that is going to allow me to not do those things? Even though the feelings are there, I don't have to act upon them. I can have another remedy to fix them. Thanks. Hi, I'm Eli, grateful coming sexaholic. Uh, whew, brain freeze. Uh, all I can say is, uh, shame, shame, and shame. When I joined this fellow, when I joined recovery, uh, walk into the rooms and hearing people sharing about their MOs and prostitutes and all that stuff, and I think to myself, wow, at least I'd be normal if I had those things. <laughs> and, 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 and it took me some time in recovery. Uh, to get a gift from, uh, God to give me a gift to realize that, uh, you know, it's all, it's all the same thing. And, uh, you know, I, I make it my business now that every time there's someone in the room who I think, I know I don't necessarily have to check in this way, but if someone in the room that I think doesn't know, then I have to share it because then I'm hiding behind shame. And, you know, someone I once said to, uh, yeah, you know, I'm SSA. And he says, oh, so I, do I have to identify as OSA? You know, it's opposite sex attraction. He's like, it's all lust. I was like, hmm, you know, you're right. But uh, I was actually wondering how the topic fit into all of this, you know, uh, envy to gratitude. And I realized that for myself, for me, uh, the first time I ever had this feeling was I was like nine or ten years old and uh, something envious about somebody else. And then, boom, uh, something just triggered off and... Uh, that's the first memory I have of that, that envious, that, 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 that hole, that, that fill me, fill me up with something. And from this uh, program, I've learned to, uh, I don't have to, I don't have to live vicariously through somebody else. I can actually, you know, turn to my higher power and say, fill me up that of, with that, you know, what, what I want from someone else. And only from recovery was I able to learn all these things. Until then, I, I was ashamed. I, I, I don't know, I just thought I should die, and like, why, you know? And uh, acceptance was, uh, you know, still a process. Uh, and my wife is the one that says to me, like, why can't you just accept it? I'm like, why are you telling me that? Anyway, time's up. Thanks, let me share. Hi, my name is Dovey, a recovering sex addict. So I don't have much to add. I mean, I can't think of anything to... Uh, too profound. I've been, uh, for the most part, I appreciate what everybody was sharing and appreciating everybody's struggle. That's, that's kind of the most, uh, the thing that struck me the most is everybody's personal struggle. I think this topic, uh, you know, grants that. And I know for me, uh, since I'm a, you know, a young teen, maybe 13 years old, uh, until now, it's been a topic that I've done, uh, a lot of research on. And I you know, read up libraries and half the internet and uh, every theory and every thesis, and I have my own, and a lot of them, and it changes from year to year. 
Um, there is a, definitely a lot about you know, envy for me and about you know not being enough and the things that I'm tr- attracted to, trying to fill up something that uh, I, I feel I was deprived from uh, as a child. And, you know, these to me, they're just theories. You know, the bottom line is, uh, you know, I focus on, and even that topic, you know, every, and it's a challenging one, is, you know, is, is there addiction and is there attraction? Is, is what's my, I mean, that was a, before I got to program, I never, I never heard of addiction. And I tell this over all the time. I remember there was a famous golfer who, who turns out he was a sex addict, and uh, there was, and I was, I thought it was hysterical that somebody can call, you know, be called a sex addict. Nobody's addicted to sex, and uh, you know, it, I couldn't identify with that at all. To me, my problem was an attraction, an unwanted, you know, attraction, and uh, I go through this and you know, back and forth. Well, you know, is it? What's, is it because of my religious background that I, you know, oppose that and I'm trying to fit myself in there? Or is there something innate that I don't like? Is it, uh, you know, where do I fit in here? And, uh, I don't have the answers. I know I have, you know, some answers that I'm comfortable with for myself, but I don't think that anybody can give me, you know, the answer because the answer has got to come from within. But at least I can, uh, know that from the addiction standpoint, uh, the 12 steps works. Um, I have a, a wonderful marriage now and, uh, I'm able to, to identify the things that I'm looking for in lust and sex. And I know that when I have that feeling, I know what I need to do to combat that. And, uh, it's so rewarding. And that's the gratitude part. It's rewarding. And it's the stuff that I'm missing. You know, I say that I'm 80% of what, you know, the 20% of what I was looking for in those things. And if I, if something was taken from me or if I was hurt in a certain way, I looked at film myself up with with that and now if i can find the healthy things to film fill myself up with and make myself whole and make god make me whole uh i become such a uh, tremendous person and i feel it and uh it's a great so when i see lust i can really appreciate it and say thank you you know so uh thanks for letting me share hi everyone i'm la um so ever since 2000 when I came into the program, I was in the gay lifestyle. <clears throat> I hated this program. I hated the sobriety definition. I hated Roy. I hated everybody. And um, I hated myself, but that was the part I couldn't admit to. But um, Roy used to tell me, stay sober, work the steps, and watch what God does. And it just used to unnerve me. And he said, let go of all the labels. Because we don't know. He used to call himself pseudo-sexual. And I was afraid to let go of all the labels because I thought, well, I got to belong to something. And I, you know, I did, I always felt like I didn't belong here, I didn't belong there, and I'll figure out, you know, I was, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rest until I could figure out how I was rejected by every group I ever walked into. And so he was right in ways that I could never have anticipated. And that, God has the ability to to do anything. And my understanding has completely transformed. And actually, I don't even, uh, although I appreciate the, the title of this, this um, session, I'm not sure I agree with it. Uh, I agree with the gratitude part. And the gratitude is that through SA and through working this program, everything has come completely, uh, has, has shifted entirely in my head. And in my heart, but the envy part to me is uh, not quite on point. 
because I believe that everybody has quote-unquote same-sex attraction. I believe it's God-given. It has a purpose. It is perfectly normal. But it is for a time, in a certain point in one's development. And I watch little boys and the way they relate to their fathers. And I watch little girls and the way they relate to their mothers. And there's a point in which they have to totally identify with the masculine or the feminine. And that person is their world. And that is attraction because they're learning how to be a boy or a girl or a man and a woman. And that is, it's like I am a man in process. I'm a boy in process, a man in process, whatever it is. And that is what I see happening to me. And that's what staying sober, working the steps, and watching what God does has given me. Thanks. One more share after you, and we'll be done. Okay. Um, I'm Dick. I'm a sexaholic. I'm from South Dakota. My sobriety date is uh, March 1st to 16. Um, uh, Envy is not something that I knew about. I was uh, very lucky to be the smallest member of a wrestling team in both high school and college. So I had all these macho men around me, and the locker room was always, um, you know. But um, as I grew, I... Uh, identified that yes, I I did like to look at other guys and and whatever, and uh, got married and you know did all the things that that we all do, um, have children, have grandchildren, um, but in the process of that, uh, I also got arrested for indecent exposure. That was my bottom. Um, so I joined SA, got a sponsor. <clears throat> my sponsor was. Um, I think I call him Rocky Balls or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but he was tough. And he um, he said, you know, you should admit in your declaration that you sought out anonymous partners for sex in public places. And at first I thought he was nuts. And... You know, I started doing it a little bit, especially on on call-in meetings. I'm in South Dakota. There isn't a lot of meetings in South Dakota right now. So I call into Nebraska meetings or whatever. And what that's done by saying that, having sex, anonymous sex in public places, has brought me several men with that same problem. And my gratitude is working with them. I understand what I am. I've been there. I've done it. I've done it all. Um, maybe you know, I shouldn't be so proud of that. But um, there's virtually nothing that they can tell me that I haven't done. And when we build that relationship and they can unload and get rid of the guilt and shame, they're on a much better path to recovery. Thank you for your listening. Thanks. Bob Grateful Sexaholic. This is a, a hard thing for me to share, not because I'm ashamed or anything like that, but because there's so much I want to say and there's not enough time. Um, and I want to start with where I am today. I've been sober for 24 years. I do not have the struggles that I had when I was a young man. So consequently, I seem like I don't have any struggles because I don't have the same level. Yes, I still have envy, but the envy is more realistic, um, and I'm a very grateful man. God has truly 
been in the process of restoring me to sanity for a very long time. And, and as anybody who knows me knows that my sobriety is real and powerful and amazing because of God. But I do want to say this because uh, I hear all the different things that people say. And every one of us has our own unique story. But I want to tell you just a little bit about my past so you'll understand that I really do qualify. I was raised in a family of alcoholism. I was an only child. I was molested by my uncle. I was molested by my neighbors. My mother used to make me take baths. My family basically abandoned me. And I was all on my own for a good part of my life. I could go on and on and on and on. There's many, many things that were so painful. It is amazing. I desired to commit suicide a number of times. I hated my life. I hated everything. I ran to men because I needed a dad that wasn't there. So any guy that came along that could be a friend to me. So the first guy that initiated sex towards me, uh, who was one of my good friends, I loved to touch. No one ever touched me. My father didn't tell me he loved me. He never hugged me. Uh, my mother was uncomfortable, and uh, my life was really difficult. How I survived, I don't know. But I did, from a young time as a little boy, call out to God and say, if you're real, you need to help me because I need help. And I have to say, after 24 years, it has been progressively out, and I am towards sobriety, and I am a very, very grateful man. Thanks. Thanks to each and every one of you for being here in this session and participating and being a part of this. Um, anything you have heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. Let's all stand now and uh, close with the third step prayer. listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve 
by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.